0: You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. A new warning for an old problem? The FDA has instituted a warning that antipsychotics may be potentially fatal to elderly patients with dementia. So how do we manage dementia-related psychosis now? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Gibson. Dr. Gibson is Associate Professor of Psychiatry and Director of Psychiatry Residency Education at the University of Michigan and an attending psychiatrist on the University of Michigan Medical Center Adult Inpatient Unit. He serves on the American Psychiatric Association Committee on Corporate Support and Michigan Psychiatric Society Council and Ethics
1: Committee. Welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be here.
0: Uh, Dr. Gibson, what is the FDA's warning about using antipsychotics in dementia?
1: The FDA has a boxed, bold warning that is the very first thing that one encounters with any of the newer antipsychotics that explains an increased mortality in dementia-related psychosis based on a review of 17 studies that show over just 10 weeks of treatment a 2.6% mortality rate in placebo groups and a 4.5% mortality rate with antipsychotics. So they estimate the increased mortality at 1.6 to 1.7 times with the newer antipsychotic drugs. The warning specifies that there's no particular cause of death, but that there was a general grouping within cardiovascular events and infections such as pneumonia as the causes of death. Consequently, the warning also indicates that none of these drugs, none of the antipsychotics is approved for use in dementia-related psychosis.
0: Now, we've been using these medicines off-label in dementia patients for decades. Why is there a warning now?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. Ironically, it's because one of the drug companies did a series of studies trying to get FDA approval for the use of its drug in dementia-related psychosis. And when they began submitting those studies, a red flag went up, and the FDA then went back and did a major review looking at published literature, looking at some proprietary data that were available, looking at some as yet unpublished studies. I'm not quite sure where um, or how they got a hold of those, but there were several unpublished studies included in their 17 studies that they referred to. And they uncovered this very concerning um, increase in mortality. Consequently, when they went public with this, there was a flurry of activity among other researchers to see if these findings could be corroborated in other settings, and initially, there was some controversy about it. Particularly, there was a, a large Canadian retrospective study that did not find this effect. But as more and more data have come in, it's become clear that they are probably on the right track. 1.6 to 1.7 may be a little bit high. Most of the studies that have been done have right in estimates ranging from 1.2. Some of them go as high as 2.0 fold increase, but most of them have been around uh, 1.2 to, to 1.6, so just a little bit lower than what the FDA study showed. But it appears that this is a, a real risk. It, it looks like the increased mortality is directly related to these drugs. does not appear to be related to any one drug. The study that the FDA did included three different chemical classes of antipsychotics. Therefore, they required the warning to go on all of the atypical antipsychotic labels. One of the other major studies that came out two years ago in JAMA looked at 15 published and unpublished studies, came up with an overall odds ratio of just over 1.5. But one of the points that they made was that there didn't appear to be any difference between the newer drugs and the older drugs, that the older drugs also carried this risk. The FDA has not yet required that the older drugs have a warning label, but they are considering uh, requiring that as well.
0: Thinking about how this might work, why do these medicines associated with an increased mortality, could it just be that these are sicker patients and sicker patients die more than less sick patients and the medicines may be a red herring?
1: Probably not because these include a lot of placebo-controlled studies. And so you have randomized blinded studies and you know it's basically the same patients in the placebo group and in the active treatment group. That they would be at high risk, yes, that's clearly the case. So these are patients who have lots of medical problems as well as psychiatric problems. Dementia in Alzheimer's disease is something that has not received a lot of attention and probably deserves a good deal more. It is a common problem. The psychotic symptoms that one sees run the gamut, hearing things, seeing things, uh, forming delusions, persecutory delusions, somatic delusions. It can include thought disorganization. The psychosis looks very much like other types of psychosis or like psychosis in other disorders, such as schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, and yet we don't make a different diagnosis. It doesn't seem to have any impact on the prognosis of the illness, but it has an enormous impact on the quality of life, both for the dementia patient and for caregivers. For example, a patient may be gradually losing interests and having aspects of their personality deteriorating or falling apart with Alzheimer's disease, and family members may be able to deal with that and cope with that. If that same person shows up and begins accusing family members of trying to poison them, um, accusing a spouse of, of having extramarital affairs, begins complaining about hearing things or seeing things, that can be pretty disturbing and pretty upsetting. Certainly to the patient, but also to the family and others.
0: If you've just joined us, you're listening to Reach MD, XM 233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is the Director of Psychiatry Residency Education at the University of Michigan, Dr. Michael Gibson. We are discussing the use of antipsychotics in dementia. Now, Dr. Gibson, What do we do? I mean, obviously, from what you've just said, these are people that we need to treat and I would think treat relatively aggressively to decrease their psychosis, yet we have this boxed warning about using antipsychotics. What what do we do?
1: It is a tremendous dilemma, and it's complicated further by some additional data that have come out fairly recently that suggest that the antipsychotics are actually not as helpful as we thought that they they would be in dementia-related psychosis. Now, one of the complicating factors about the studies that the FDA was looking at was that most of those studies were not actually looking at the use of antipsychotics to treat psychosis. Most of them were looking at antipsychotics to treat behavioral disturbance, and that's a somewhat different entity. There we're talking about sundowning, we're talking about agitation, we're talking about aggressiveness, things along those lines that can be seen in dementia patients or head injury patients stroke patients, this whole spectrum of folks that have uh, dysfunctional brains. They extended the warning, dementia-related psychosis, largely because that was the issue that they were reviewing at the time that this was flagged. And when you go back and you look at the other studies that are out there, um, it's actually a minority of those studies that are specifically about dementia-related psychosis. So let me answer the question you didn't ask first, which is, if you're attempting to treat behavioral disturbances in dementia, uh, what should you do? And the answer is probably use something other than an antipsychotic. And there are other medications. There's not a huge base of data to defend their use, but there are other medications that are routinely used in these settings. For example, uh, mood stabilizers have been used. Serotonergic agents like trazodone or buspirone have been used with some success, even benzodiazepines even though they have some problems uh, with cognition and and some other things, may be effective, especially for sundowning, and helping patients to uh, get a little better control on their behavior and to uh, be less aggressive or less agitated. Those would all be better options.
0: So not use antipsychotics, first line or, or second line, it sounds like, in behavioral disturbances associated with
1: dementia. Okay. But for cases in which the patient has actual psychotic symptoms, and again, these are not rare cases. This happens a lot. There really isn't an alternative. There is no evidence to suggest that anything but antipsychotics helps with those psychotic symptoms. If one uses a sedating medication, one may simply get the patient to stop talking about these disturbing things, but that doesn't really address the issue and doesn't really help very much. What we're left with, then, is a set of medications that are the only treatment for this symptom, for which there is some evidence to suggest that their effectiveness is going to be rather limited, but still the only game in town, but where there is... What appears to be a clear and significant risk of mortality. And this is simply a case, I believe, in which we have to sit down with the patient, if the patient's able to engage in the discussion, with the family, look at the risks, look at the benefits, have a frank discussion, and then make a decision about whether the risk justifies or whether the benefit justifies the risk. I don't anticipate that that is going to be a particularly easy discussion. It's the kind of thing that um, one has to have a good relationship with the patient and the family to engage in. One needs to be very frank. When I'm prescribing um, antipsychotics with this age group, even if it's not somebody who specifically has this problem, one of the first things that I do is point out this FDA warning. And I make sure that the family is aware of it, that there are no surprises, because you know, if they have any questions, they're going to go online, they're going to get this information, they're going to wonder why it is that we didn't share this with them. So I'm, I'm really upfront about it. And I've found that the families have been, have been pretty reasonable. They've looked at this and they've looked at quality of life issues. They've looked at decisions such as, if we get this symptom under control, can we keep the person in the home versus sending them to a nursing home? There, often the family will make the decision that the risk is worth it because there would be such a decrement in quality of life. In other settings where it looks like it's mostly about convenience or where the person doesn't seem to be terribly disturbed by it, then again they'll make a fairly reasonable decision not to proceed with this treatment and just monitor it and kind of see where things are and make sure it's not too disturbing to the patient. But the bottom line is there's, there is no really good answer here.
0: Are there any particular resources that you suggest to patients and their families on this topic?
1: Probably the best resource is the National Institutes of Mental Health website, which has some, lots of information about antipsychotic medications and a lot of information as a result of the recent Cady study, which included an arm looking at Alzheimer's disease and psychosis in Alzheimer's disease, separate from the arm that looked at schizophrenia. And the website actually has quite a bit of information on these medications, their side effects, less information on recommendations. The NIMH typically doesn't like to to go out with specific treatment recommendations like expert consensus guidelines. But in terms of just uh, information about the medicines themselves, Uh, That's probably the best source.
0: So the bottom line is for dementia-related psychosis to use these medicines cautiously to engage the family and the patient in a risk-benefit discussion and, of course, to document well.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Gibson. You're welcome. I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Michael Gibson, for this discussion on antipsychotic use in dementia-related psychosis. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.